0: Want to see the stories that we have on the list? Hey, do you want to actually suggest a story to put on the list? The place to do that is superhumanregistrationpodcast.com. The world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will Stand up! It's time to be the hero. We were always meant to be. So did anybody get that that Disney uh, Plus thing?
1: I saw someone take the Mandalorian logo and they made it say Midichlorian, and I like I had like a like a like a rage fit just like. That better not be a uh, calm down. <laughs> I was like, this is this is Reddit, this is not real life, it's okay.
2: <laughs> this is just fantasy.
1: Yeah. I was caught in the land side and no escape from reality.
0: That's funny. <laughs> wow, uh... thanks for that riveting take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: what a what a hot take, Steven so glad that someone is here to appreciate our
1: our humor and and really really make it funnier by pointing out how funny it was and in a way say that it's not funny by doing so. You're you know a, you're a pal. You're a pal, Chuck.
0: <laughs> we just spent 20 minutes trying to log into our various Marvel related applications, a process which was probably complicated by the presence of Disney Plus in the in the internet now. So, I'm not firing on all of my best comedic cylinders. More
2: like that's are like Disney the way
0: humans talk, more,
2: right? More like Disney negative. <sighs> oh. <laughs> and when you put those together, you get a Disney ion. <sighs> what? Oh my god! We hello. are we are on a
1: comics podcast, and you've just out nerded both like <laughs> anyone for the whole night in the first I mean, couple of minutes.
2: To be fair, I don't know if that's the actual. Is it a, is it an ion or is it a neutron? No,
1: no, no. You're not going to trick me by like <laughs> having me reveal
0: if I know this or not.
1: <laughs> I know the answer, but I'm not going to throw my no, my nerd cards on the table.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the superhuman registration podcast, where we know the Pythagorean theorem. Wow. Or something. My, math the, terms. The,
2: the mitochondria is a powerhouse of the cell.
0: my name is steven that science whiz was aldo i guess you could Uh, say
2: i'm the comedic mitochondria of this podcast oh if i could reach
0: you i would hurt you (laughs) and the violent one is john he's the jock in the group apparently no no (laughs) oh gosh i love that that was your response no like no no
2: not, not even like, not even if we were playing Madden. Like, no. John has three children. He doesn't have stamina anymore.
0: <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay, I am. Also, does not have three children.
2: A different stamina, John.
1: No, I don't have any brain cells left. They outnumber me real bad. We skipped from one child to three. You shouldn't do that. I don't know how good you guys are at math, but holy crap.
2: Is this is this like the the human like uh, not the human the parental equivalent to, accidentally taking two steps when you're going down the stairs,
1: yeah. Except for it'll <laughs> no. except for the stairs don't pee on you and cry all night. If they do, then you should really really have someone there to help you when you I, trip. That I badly. just.
2: I just do that naturally after I fall down the stairs. Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a real sad sight.
1: There was a great comedic bit where it was like babies are the worst roommates. It's like who else like wakes you up in the middle of the night, craps themselves, you know, screams at you, and like you know, eats all your food. Like all, it just was going on and on and on about like you know what what would you do to a roommate who did all this stuff to you? Ha <laughs> Can't do that to a baby. <laughs>
0: Speaking of the unending horror of suburban life, we are here to talk about the vision.
1: Man, that's why he's the boss. Look at that. Smooth, <laughs> smooth transition.
0: Uh, it's nice to know that I add something of value to this podcast. This <laughs> was <laughs> your idea. <laughs> I know. I'm just here. I just want validation.
2: <laughs> oh, you'll get none of that from us. <laughs>
1: if it makes you feel any better, I'm like the Richard Drivers, like along for ballast on this boat. So, you
2: know. <laughs> uh i like mr holland's opus yeah more than jaws yeah have you watched mr holland's Opus? not
1: since opus? it came out I, it was very good there's no question movie. about that i just i cry a lot
2: there's oh movie. oh well there you go like during well, that movie i mean also in general but specifically in that movie well, I, I mean
1: it has been a while since i've seen this can you tell me in mr holland's opus how many uh, how many sharks are there in that movie
2: uh zero
1: what well, jaws is better
2: Oh. No, there's there's a
0: shark. Oh wait, no. I'm sorry. I, I I was thinking of a fox. Richard Dreyfuss is a handsome
2: man. <laughs> I mean, he could also just be a lone shark when he's not <laughs> starring in emotional films. Hey, what about uh,
1: what about what about Bob? What about what about Bob? What about Bob? It's an excellent movie and some of his what best ab- work. About and, Bob and uh, Bill Murray is of course.
2: Man, you remember when we absolutely destroyed Steven smooth criminal transition? Yeah,
0: I do. And I, just, I remember that. I just change.
2: He can edit all of this out. <laughs> uh, Let's give him a clean jumping on point.
1: Ready? Go, Aldo. Go. I choose you.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that our final on? <laughs> oh gosh!
1: This is the worst we've ever done at the beginning of a show. This we is only the have we
2: only have one comic to talk about. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, the vision. Uh released in twenty fifteen all the way up into twenty sixteen is a twelve issue series written by Tom King and penciled and inked by uh, Gabriel Hernandez Walta. And uh, I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it, I just wanted to add some flair to it. And colorist is uh Jordi Belair. Not the mm-hmm. prince, unfortunately. Oh god. <laughs> anyways uh the vision starts off uh it's i don't know that it's a mini series is it a mini series because it's not that mini it's a 12 vision series uh but it starts off with the vision kind of moving to a like a suburban area like in uh what was it as a virginia
1: 15 miles west of dc yeah okay mm-hmm. so yes. yes yeah yes
2: okay yeah arlington cherrydale Fairfax, Washington, D.C. Anyways, I'm just naming off locations. Um, <laughs> Anyway, so he moves there. Uh, he's become a sort of like presidential aide, but not like in any official capacity. Like he just kind of uh, like lets the president know what he's uh, what the Avengers and all the superhuman stuff happening is that he needs to be aware of. But he's kind of doing this as a volunteer position, it seems like. So he's not actually getting paid. And the Avengers don't pay anymore, so uh, Vision is running out of his savings. That's not real relevant to the story, but they they make a point of explaining that. Um, <laughs> so I hope I feel like I wasted your time, just like I feel like that comic wasted my time learning that bit of information. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anyway, so Vision is doing this, and he's moved out into kind of a suburban area in Virginia. And he... Uh, He's decided to kind of try and establish like a domestic family life. So he's built himself a family consisting of himself, his wife Virginia, their daughter Viv, and their son Vin. No relation to Diesel because these are synthesoids, they don't run on gas.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. This is why Aldo wanted to do the summary. Oh my, my gosh. It. Actually, not oh at all. Gosh. I am
2: coming up with these as I go. <laughs> This is just natural, baby. This is how I roll. Welcome to the train. <laughs> the pain train. Um, any, Anyways. Uh, so, so Vision has, uh, has kind of created this family and uh, he's, he's, there's a bit of information here that's a little important to the story. Vision is created from like Ultron's like, or no, Wonder Man's like brainwave patterns. He, his wife has a crystal that is also made of somebody else's brainwave patterns which we don't find out till a little bit later so you don't get to find out till a little bit later um (laughs) and his children's brainwaves are created from the combination of these two brainwaves which explains a lot actually now that i think about it yeah um so they're kind of adjusting to this the kids are like sized to be or aged to be 16 so they're going to high school uh virginia just sits at home not really doing anything um but the story kind of starts off when these neighbors go to introduce themselves. Uh, you know, we kind of meet them. And kind of one of the uh, the first things that happens is while Vision is away, working with, like, the Avengers saving the world, uh, one of many times, 37 at least, as we're told repeatedly, uh, the Grim Reaper, the character, not the personification, crashes through their home and... Kills his daughter Viv. He's going crazy, talking about how they're not real. uh Virginia, the wife, in us, in in kind of to save her children, uh just kills him. Just straight out kills him with like was it a chair? Did she give it's him the chair? No, cookie tray. Oh, it was a cookie tray. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was metal. Brought over. Yes, that's right. Um, so she kills him, uh, just battering him over the head with it, and deciding that 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 they can't uh they can't let vision know uh because he's an avenger and all that and also he would just be disappointed cuz it's not like the logical thing to do uh she she buries the grim reaper in their backyard uh this whole thing sets off a chain of events that is wow, bananas um because as a result of this uh one of the neighbors who was heading over to tell uh to t- I, I I don't know like, Maybe introduce themselves or just kind of tell them to get out of town. Uh, he finds Virginia doing this, records a video, blackmails her, and then a few days later contacts her. So he, she goes to his house to confront him. He tries to, he gets scared, so he tries to kill her by shooting a gun. She turns intangible, and the bullet kills this guy's son. And then the police go to investigate. Hold on to that thought. Virginia, and, no, not Virginia, Viv and Vin, the children, are going to school. Viv gets a crush on, uh, not crush, she uh, she kind of becomes friends with one of the kids because uh, uh, she's his lab partner. Um, after the Grim Reaper incident, she stops going to school because she's dead. Um, <laughs> and so that's, this... Yeah,
1: that's a way to get out of class, yeah.
2: Yeah, I wish I thought of that. Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so this kid goes to ask Vin you know if he knows what's going on can he contact her and you know makes a really rude remark about like sending a text up their metal buttholes um, Vin retaliates and chokes this kid out he doesn't kill him uh, just kind of like presses on like his artery in the neck or something like a pressure point or some some comic book mumbo jumbo um, <laughs> and kind of Uh, doesn't kill the kid, doesn't hospitalize him it seems like, just kind of knocked him out for pretty good. Okay, so it turns out that this kid is the son of the person that was blackmailing Virginia. So now uh, after a bit Vision is able to revive Viv, the daughter uh, back to being alive. That's because that's what revive means. Um, So now she's alive and she finds out that he's dead. And uh, shortly before he died, uh, she went back to school and she met with him and he was like, no, you're cool. You're not weird, whatever. So she that's when, when she starts to get a crush on him a little bit. And so he dies and now she's kind of, now she's sad. She has these emotions, which are sadness. And she's, she's not really all that uh, cool about this whole situation, about her new friend dying. Possibly a crush? I don't know. Maybe I read too much into it. Um, I've always wanted a robot girlfriend. Anyways, so <laughs> <laughs> the anime's coming back out in yet yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so nothing interesting is going on with Vin apart from he choked out a dude. He's obsessed with uh, Shakespeare. Um, anyway, so now that we've reached the halfway point of the series, um, we start kind of getting some uh, Agatha Harkness. She is introduced into the series through kind of these like little micro, um, like kind of flashbacks or just alternate thing but she's going through this ritual that lets her see the future the end result of this thing is that if the events continue happening as they are vision having his family and kind of all this murder happening um this isn't going to be the only death he's going to kill all of the avengers um and essentially bring the world to ruin so the avengers decide that they have to like stop this uh so we're introduced to victor mancha another son of Ultron brother of vision uncle of Virgin Virginia and brother-in-law of Virginia runaway <laughs> and former runaway
1: yeah that's where I jumped that's where I jumped into the runaways was when he was introduced and then went back and read the, what we've already read for the podcast yeah but
2: yeah, um, Yay, runaways. yeah. so Victor is uh, also like a, a synthesoid, a robot but um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, there is a, a prediction or a future timeline that somebody came back. And they explain this in the comic. Uh, somebody from the future told him that he's going to become this uh, a hero called Victorious who will join the Avengers and his secret programming will kick in. And then he will kill the Avengers. And as Victorious, uh, essentially bring the world to ruin as well.
1: Uh, it was uh, Gert uh, from the future who came back and uh, delivered the message and then died. Um, in uh, Runaways Volume 2, I believe and uh,
0: <laughs> Actually, I'm going to just jump in and verify that that is correct <laughs> John, you don't get all that much nerd print I knew it too
1: But you didn't say it, did you?
0: <laughs> yeah yeah.
2: You know, the funny thing is I could hear John pushing the glasses up on the bridge of his nose <laughs> You know, uh, I, did that, that, I did that That's what the sound of I glasses did up the
0: nose sounds I, like
1: I did that motion, but my glasses are across the desk <laughs> I just poked myself in the eye with contacts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Victor Manch also has a vibranium addiction. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, Yeah. I had forgotten about that until I reread it. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, but not. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do vibranium. I guess. (laughs) Um. Anyways, so it's so he's you know he he bumps into Vision uh, almost by chance. He's gonna go hang out with him and meet his family. Uh, Turns out he's a secret spy for the Avengers. Uh, who needed to send somebody in to see what the crap's going on with Vision and why there's Vision. So Vision destroying the future. Vision. Um, uh, and one of these days when he's reporting, oh, also the neighbor's dog died and then Vision brought him back as a green dog. Um, as a, as an aside. There's a lot that happens in this book As I, I realize as I'm rambling through this whole mess. I didn't prepare. Um, well, you're good. You're good. We're already on the train. You. Keep it going down the track. Okay, so Vin is playing with the dog and sends the ball out, and uh, it goes into the neighbor's house that's for sale. Um, and in there is Victor reporting to the Avengers. Vin seizes, he's like, what, what, What's going on? What's going on? And uh, Victor kills Vin, uh, electrocutes him uh, beyond repair, essentially
1: mostly um, because he was he was having problems controlling his powers because of his his vibranium addiction
2: yeah um uh, which is th- so and so part of what was happening with the uh, i mean this is in the weeds right but like when viv died part of her stuff was still working it wasn't all totally fried so vision just had to like make new stuff and reconnect it and send a huge shock through him and if tony stark stopped it he was gonna kill him um Oh gosh. But Vin was totally fried, so there's nothing to reconnect, and I feared more electricity would not have solved that problem. Um, so, this is happening. Uh, Virginia is starting to go crazy at this point of the story. She's repeating words a lot, she's spacing out, she's getting emotional. Uh, Viv is in a depress- depressive state. Um, also, on top of all this Agatha Harkness stuff happening, Uh, It's been revealed to us that the brainwaves for Virginia were uh, were, uh, a a gift from uh, Wanda, the Scarlet Witch.
0: The Vision's ex-wife.
2: The Vision's ex-wife, yes. Yeah. Uh, It's revealed in a later flashback. I think it's the last issue uh, or the second to last issue. um, That she gave him her brainwaves because she fell in love with Wonder Man, who's the, 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 the source of Vision's brainwaves. So her hope is that the vision will someday find someone whose brain waves match hers and they could find somebody to love cuz that's healthy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this this whole thing was like, "Hey, hey, this looks like a big red flag. Here you go, Vision."
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh so the police start interrogating and start asking questions about why these people are dead. Uh what's going on? Can Vision verify all this stuff? Um he gets real sad and depressed that his son is gone. He also doesn't believe in God, even though his daughter tried to get him to to pray. Even though she doesn't believe it, that they both say it's unlikely that there is not a God. But if there is, then they should pray to him. Um,
0: I thought I thought that was a sweet scene. But that was actually, that's actually real probably cute. my favorite scene in the book, honestly.
2: Really, was it when he scooped the brains out of the dog? Well, that was my second know, favorite, close second, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you'll never guess what my third favorite is. Dead Grim Reaper.
1: Uh, oh, the irony of oh, that. Oh no, happens. I was
2: going to say post-coitus Ver- Virginia and Vision just sitting there Oh, awkwardly. gosh. That was such an awful it's scene. It's so... T- it's one of those scenes where I imagine if they made this into a movie, I would have the most uncomfortable 30 seconds of my life. Yep. Um, and it was beautifully well done. Um, if you're going for...
0: I mean, it really was. Yeah.
2: It, it, I feel like that's what it was supposed to convey and boy, did it convey it. Um, yep, yep, anyways, yep. I'm almost done, I promise. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh so vision has gone crazy uh, not gone crazy he's got he's sad he's depressed um he, he finds an injustice that like victor is alive and he's going to be tried and going to jail um and yet his son is dead um so he decides he's an avenger he's going to avenge and he's going to go kill and deliver justice he's going to go deliver justice and go kill victor and so he heads down to the jail and all the avengers are there to stop him uh because they think, because they know that this is the thing that will lead, and he essentially just defeats them or phases past them. We don't really stick around on that part for too long. And uh, when he's when he confronts Victor, Virginia comes in and kills him. She like reaches in him and pulls out his robo heart, and she takes the blame for everything. Uh, so she reports herself to the police, lets them know that you know she was the one who killed the neighbors uh the grim reaper uh victor and uh tells them that the reason vision lied about her whereabouts and his erratic behavior was because she had programmed she had reprogrammed him because she has special access rights as a wife ain't that the truth i don't know i'm single Uh... (laughs) no
1: it's very true my wife has a usb (laughs) that she can just plug in and reboot me whenever she wants to
2: the rings are the key you to, you Turn it You <laughs> <off. laughs> so and, so after she does this confession she delivers it to she emails it to vision that's not the real term but I don't, I'm, I'm done at this point <laughs> also i didn't mention this but at the beginning of the book they have a floating vase made out of water and this water is toxic to everything and it's always empty so why would you have this vase this is They're a thing that comes that up you
1: don't have to worry Yeah. No yeah
2: <laughs> and uh she drinks out of it and it's making its way through her system kind of eroding all her metal bits and she dies she committed suicide uh, next to vision with him and uh, we kind of flash forward uh, uh, did, did it say how much time they they the flash forward I don't think so no I think no. it
1: just says like Things worked themselves out, and here we are with the yeah. vision raising his daughter. Like,
0: that,
2: yeah, you know. so, yeah. So he's become a single dad, uh, Stephen's <laughs> fantasy.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not like that, <laughs> not like that.
2: <laughs> and uh, feel free to cut out all 50 billion of my uhs. Um, <laughs> done, cool. <laughs> And we cut to we cut to Viv, the daughter, hanging out with Scarlet Witch. And she's telling her that all this stuff that happened, uh, her mom did out of love. And that she'll one day grow to understand that. But she's a robot and this is not logical. So people sacrifice themselves for their kids. And then their kids grow up and they sacrifice themselves. It's, it's the never-ending cycle of sacrifices. But she gets the dog back. Uh, and isn't Wanda, that
1: what we were all hoping for? Yes.
2: Wanda fix it. Oh, yeah. Also... The wife killed the dog in a fit of rage. That was not. I didn't. I, didn't, I forgot to mention that. And, and the table uh,
1: gets. The table gets killed twice too.
2: Oh yeah, and the cookie train, That thing never, never. Oh back. Yeah. yeah. No, no. And then we're kind of end. if this was a movie, this would be the post-credit sequence. But uh, we cut to Vision kind of going to bed for the night, and under the his bedroom, he has a secret lab that he has been rebuilding his wife in dun 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 yeah boy that was a journey and a half i need a seriously cigarette this book after is that. creepy <laughs> i'm
1: glad that i'm glad that you say this book is creepy right before you're going to say how did we feel about this and now i have to be like i liked
0: it and so then it's ne- then it's inevitable john likes creepy things
1: no i don't <laughs>
0: I mean, you can. It's allowed. No. Like, I like this creepy book, but it's a creepy book.
2: Yeah, I. it caught yeah. me by surprise. I thought this was going to be like a Vision robot parody of like the Simpsons type thing. And that's kind of what the covers seem to imply, right? That's kind of like how they get you in. The
1: Visions move to Smallville, you know. Or not Smallville, uh, Pleasantville.
2: Yeah. You know? And then there's the first issue... Uh, just has this whole aura of dread behind it. Like something's not right. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
2: And then as the series continues, it's just that. Like it's just a lot of, this isn't right. This isn't right. Please stop. I want off this ride, but don't.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that sense of dread might be helped along by the fact that, you know, the narration is like, oh, see these nice people? These are normal nice people that live in Virginia Next to the visions, they are going to die before the end of this series. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think one of my favorite narrations, it's actually part of that. No, or maybe a little later. They're actually talking about the old couple who went to go give them cookies at the beginning. Yeah. And uh yep. it, it, it they say that their house is gonna burn down later and it's like his wife will his the husband will think of his wife and will not regret having never will not regret his life. He will die happy. The wife's last thoughts will be why is that vase empty? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it keeps coming back to the to the, to the vase. That's... Which, this is... In the business, this is what we call a metaphor. Because the vase is a beautiful object that was created to be beautiful. But it is actually corrosive and destructive. And it doesn't serve any functional purpose. Much like the android vision... Who is a beautiful creation that is ultimately quite this? You see, you see what we're doing and <laughs> in this TED talk. I intend to. <laughs> I, I'm mixing my memes. Dang it. I, I was waiting. <laughs> I
2: thought you were going to say it was a Chekhov's gun because it Chekhov's also was. I mean, it did wind up being a Chekhov's gun. It did end up being a Chekhov's. Chekhov's gun. But was yeah. it But was it a Pavlov?
0: <laughs> well, no, Pavlov is the name of the dog.
2: No. <laughs> No, actually, Pavlov wasn't... Sparky's was like Sparky the name yeah. of the dog. Sparky pa- dog. Yeah,
1: yeah, Sparky's Sparky. the name of the dog. Yeah, I
2: was yeah. like, Pavlov was the scientist... Come on now. Let's get back to Schrodinger's podcast. Boom! <laughs> Ow!
1: <laughs> I'm going to start using this line in arguments with uh, the missus. Your argument makes very little sense to me, but as you know, continuing my contention will take more energy than the repeating, thus I shall concede. Just like... <laughs> oh, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed, you know... It's it's like um, the Strange Planet comics a little bit, where it's like, oh yeah, you dig through this, you know, uh, unnecessarily wordy, formal, like detached speech to be like, oh, this is a conversation about their kid. Oh, this is you know them worried about them being you know exposed to danger in school. Oh, okay, this is what's really going on here, but it's in robot speak, so it's yeah. I yeah. just right. I I thought this comic was really well done. With the writing, the art, the whole plot. Like, yeah, this that sense of dread that's built. That sense of, like, here we are with these, like, perfect robots that can do all these things. And, like, crap is going to go down. And it's just a question of when. And, uh, you know.
2: This this book, I think, is, like, peak comic books. Um, mm-hmm. I think the same way that, like, that Hawkeye is peak comics, I think this is also peak comics.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, there's just a lot going on here that's also part i I wasn't just rambling for comedic effect uh there's there's just a lot of stuff happening here and there's not a single detail that isn't important
0: yeah that's true i don't know have you guys read
2: a lot of tom king no but he's been writing batman and now i'm sad i slept on it
0: (laughs) yeah he's been writing batman it's been apparently a controversial run i haven't read it yeah um i have read this i have read uh he did another series for DC called The Omega Men. Um, it's kind of very similar to this. Tom King is an is a writer with quote-unquote aspirations. Like, he wants to be one of the the big notables. You can tell, like, the way he writes comics, he's very formalist. He definitely has big ideas about themes. He reminds me of like some sort of mix of like. Alan Moore and Grant Morrison. Yeah. Honestly. I, I don't
2: want it to sound like an insult, but he sounds, he feels like, like if, uh, uh, you just said his name, not Grant. Oh yeah, Grant Morrison. He sounds like Grant Morrison trying to be like Grant Morrison. Like, I feel like his stuff kind of comes out in a way that's, like natural
0: yeah and, and i think with tom king it takes more effort
2: yes which yeah which isn't to say it's a it's a bad thing but you can just kind of feel it a little bit
0: 100 agree honestly yeah
2: and I, and, I, and I don't know i don't know that i don't like it and i don't know that i do like it um but for me it's just kind of a thing it adds flavor to it i mm-hmm. think i mean granted this is the only tom king book i've read but if it feels that way it feels thematically correct because this is also a book of an android trying to be a person, the same way that Tom King is trying to be a prolific a writer. writer. Oh yeah. my gosh,
0: that's well, a bit mean.
2: Well, I don't. I, I didn't say a writer. I said a prolific writer. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Excuse you, sir. Um, no, I like I like Tom King. Um, again, he's written some stuff that's pretty controversial. Uh, I've read most of his run on Mister Miracle. Didn't finish it, but it was good. What I have read, and I need to go back and finish it. Uh he also wrote Heroes in Crisis for DC. Speaking of controversial, that one's hugely controversial. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh and he's also, you know, written the Batman stuff, which has a really strong following, and I'm gonna admit, it sounds interesting to me. I've not read it. I'm looking forward to his run's about over now, and so they're gonna start doing the big collections of it, and I think I'm gonna try to at least check those out from the library or something. I've
2: I've heard though I've F- I heard two of the things he's done with the book. One was kind of pulling out a little bit early on the on the Batman wedding. Uh, there was a lot of buildup to that. to just going kind to of be a little disappointing. But apparently, and I'm not going to say who, but he's killed off a character. Like a pretty important Batman character.
0: I actually just found out about this today and I don't know what I think about it. Okay.
1: I, I thought that, that was there was a character who was killed off. Maybe I'm mistaking like Batman being dead in a previous writer-artist pairing. And another character kind of filling in as Batman.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that happened twice. Uh, Grant Morrison did it, and Dick Grayson took over as Batman. Sure. And then Scott Snyder did it, and Commissioner Gordon took over as Batman. Robot
2: Batman. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, anyway, so Tom (laughs) King himself. Like, he's an interesting figure. Um, And I think part of the reason that he does this story the way that he does, setting it in DC... Kind of in that environment is because he himself is a former CIA agent, Hmm. and so I like. I think he's this is in a sense him writing what he knows. Now he doesn't necessarily know what it's like to be an android, obviously, but I do think he has something of a sense of like trying to fit in with other like civilian families and maybe not quite managing it. Like, there is... I get this sense that he's trying to work out some of his issues on the page. And, again, like, I'm not 100% sure that it's all the way effective. But it's definitely affecting... it. This is a book that haunts me, honestly. It, it, it kind of scares me, the level of, like, you know, subversive suburbia yeah. that is being woven through it.
2: Does it scare yeah. you because this is the life that you're entering? Oh, gosh. Yeah, like...
1: <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't make his wife.
0: <laughs> you don't know this. Your nightmares change when you get married. It's like life gets incredibly weird after you get married. And all of a sudden, like, there's this other person that you're like, oh, what happens if they fall? And I need to, like, try to pull them up over the the edge of this cliff. And I don't have the upper body strength to do it. And so they fall to their death. And it's my fault. Oh, my gosh.
2: And that's, why, that's what my
0: nightmares are like. That's
2: why Steven now has a gym membership. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You think you're kidding?
1: <laughs> no, and it's and and then and then like the same thing happens again when you have kids because you have, you know, you know there's you have skin in the game you know when it's just you yourself you're like ah oh, whatever happens happens and it's my life and everything, and then you're like oh no there are people in my life that like. I love and care about, and I, I I don't want anything to happen to them or me and have bad things happen to them because something happened to me. You know, it's like, oh, man. So, short story, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go skydiving before, but I'm certainly not going to
2: now. I mean, when my sister got married the s- second time, uh, <laughs> that's not important. Um, Her her husband, like, sold and got rid of his motorcycle. Uh, yeah, things like that, that. Because of that reason, yeah. yeah. And he said that, you know, the pretty... Cleanly to what you said, which was, you know, before it was just him. But if something happens to him now, now, yeah. it's not just him anymore.
1: I want to make sure, like, anytime I bring up my kids, I'm not like, well, you guys don't know because you don't have kids. No, it's just at this point, that's my situation. That's not excluding anybody else because, you know, I would imagine you guys are going to go through that at some point and if, or or have an equivalent experience to that. Just that particular bit of truth, the way I understood it is, you know, I have these little... Uh, horrible roommates who. <laughs> <you
0: know? laughs> oh gosh!
1: But I want to talk about. Um, I don't know if this is the right time for. It. I want to talk about Virginia, her arc, because oh, that's that's yes. what haunts me.
0: That's the mom, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh.
1: Because it's kind of it's it's interesting and it's creepy that like he he designed like you know his ideal spouse, right? But, she, yeah. but she's her own person, but at the same time she kind of is controlled by these set memories and these set personality things that are partially based on the Scarlet Witch. And, like, I think at first we see her frustration to that she, like, has this a part of her and that she can't control it. And we see her outbursts where you know she's killing a dog or breaking the table you know yeah. while at the same time she's trying to like you know be a good spouse and be a good mom and in the end in spite of all of those things she still takes the bullet for her husband and mm-hmm. and saves him and at her own at the expense of her own life and it's really interesting to me that like even put in this situation she still decides to make that sacrifice it's crazy
2: i i think what's interesting about vision and his family as a a concept isn't just that they're androids or robots or synthesoids or whatever, trying to be people. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the origin of their, their thoughts. Like they're not just AIs that have learned to become human. They're brainwave patterns that come from Mm. somebody else. Right. So Virginia kind of going nuts. that's kind of condescending. Virginia, just kind of devolving into madness is a little it's it's definitely haunting at first but once the reveal comes in of who her memories or her brainwave patterns come from it makes sense
0: oh yeah because you and it's it's subtle yeah, too
2: because you have this character who, who so scarlet witch part of why she's able to be a somewhat healthy person and i say somewhat uh pretty freely um, <laughs> it's because she's had to experience all this stuff and move on and and she's been there from the beginning to the end right so she's been able to grow all of this stuff essentially hits virginia at birth and that's yep. it kind it makes you realize you know in a, in a way because it's, i mean they're just comic book characters um the big impact of all the trauma that that scarlet witch has and it's almost a miracle that she's that she's any sort of saint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Frankly, like not to get too much off on a Scarlet Witch tangent, but I kind of object to the way that she gets portrayed as a result of like House of M uh, because I think she deserves more than what she gets. Honestly, I think she's a really great character and um, yeah, but like there is that sort of like underlying potential madness to her. And then, you know, you get Virginia who is, Um, created from her brainwaves, but she's not her. And so you get this repeated line where, you know, the, the Visions don't actually sleep, but they lie in bed and they spend some time, like, going through their memory banks. And Virginia is going through her memory banks, and sometimes she'll come across a memory that makes her cry, and she doesn't know why. Well, the reason it makes her cry and she doesn't know why is because it's the Scarlet Witch's memories.
2: So, so I wanna, yep. I wanna, I wanna be that guy for a second. Actually, I don't wanna be that guy, but I have to be that guy for a second. <laughs>
0: so when Actually. they go to
2: sleep, so when they're going to sleep, they're just like, like uh, getting rid of, I guess like redundant or unimportant memories. And I part of why I feel like I have to make this distinction is because Virginia uh, looks through her memory archives when she's home alone, like in mm-hmm. the day, like she's actively. Doing this maybe out of a sense of boredom or a lack. Oh, of Oh, I something see. You're correcting
0: do. me. Yes, is what you're doing. <laughs> yes,
2: I've, but I think it's it's a bit of an important distinction because these aren't. No, memories... No, I think
0: I've, I would actually agree with yeah. you. Yeah,
2: because these aren't memories that are just bubbling up through processing. Uh, like she feels maybe some sort of instinct or something to 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 go through her memories and she finds them and they make her cry. And like you said, she yeah, doesn't no. know why.
0: Yeah, hundred percent fair. I will give you that oh, yeah man. well yes. done that guy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so virginia is is haunting and terrifying and she does like all of these kind of horrible things she murders the grim reaper who by the way we've seen the grim reaper before in ultron unlimited which we probably don't remember very well he is simon williams brother yep oh and simon williams yeah is yeah. wonder man and Wonder Man is the the human on whose brain waves the vision is patterned. We kind of so get that So he's basically a, family.
1: Yeah, we get that family tree drawing as part of the the art of the. Is that? It's not one of the covers,
2: right? Um, I
0: don't remember. Was that one of the covers?
2: I want to say no.
0: I don't
1: think it was one of the covers, but it was like in,
2: in oh, it somewhere. Is. It is. It's uh, number ten.
1: It's oh five. yeah, there it is. There's the tree. Yep. Yeah, he's the orange bubble on the left. Yep.
0: Yeah. And so this is a messed up family, and it has the addition of Victor Mancha on there. And it's all like, it all kind of comes back to Ultron in a very interesting way, where Ultron is never like an overt presence in the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless you count that time that Vision's getting interrogated, and he's listing off the the 37 times that he saved the world, and Ultron is in there like seven times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, i liked that so like, i liked having... yeah it it's actually surprisingly effective yeah. all of it yeah, yeah i th-
2: i think for me one of the things that's interesting about ultron is the relationship to them because i uh, what is it i think it's shoe 11 where it's just a lot of vision remembering his creation uh or maybe not it's kind of done in the third person but it's a lot of this dialogue of of the of the robot asking why was i created and ultron just telling him to do what I to do what I command, and, you know. Yep. Why did you make me think? If I'm just here to follow orders, why did you waste a bra- like the ability to think on me, and so forth and so forth? And and it almost feels like it, like this whole thing with his family isn't the source of the problem. It's the tipping point. Yeah, this is a thing that's been building up inside him for for a while, right? Like this whole inability to be a human, even though I mean he is. Almost literally a ghost in a shell. Bam, bam, bang (laughs) it back to anime. (laughs) Um, And I think this uh, explores that concept. Like in these 12 issues, it explores that concept of what it means to be a person. Uh, Probably a lot better than some books.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 And this is like where I really... uh, I kind of wonder what the book is, you know, capital letters about... Yeah, because there is part of this like sort of dark take on suburbia. But I don't think that that's the strongest explanation. At the end of the day, I kind of come back to this is a science fiction story that is exploring, like questions about artificial intelligence, kind of like you'd get from an Asimov or something like that. yeah, that's, that's what I think they're going for, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a good story. Like, they, they've got a good direction that they're going with it. Yeah,
2: I, th- I think the to me, the suburbia reads more as a setting than it does a concept. Right. Uh, and I have to really kind of agree with you that I think that, I don't think the concept is literally, like, just the whole, you know, uh, what it, artificial intelligence gaining this sense of familiarship, i think part of what the book is really interested in in looking at or investigating is all these human rituals that we do and maybe the fact maybe the idea that they don't really amount to anything but maybe they do yeah because so so i mean there's that whole i mean we we talked about that really like kind of nice part where they're praying but they're also you know denying and at the same time accepting god even though they don't know that it's necessarily a rule a real thing for them and at the same time like at the end of the book you have this whole thing with with viv and wanda where she's telling her you know what is the point of of the sacrifice of the cycle of sacrifice where as as a parent you sacrifice a lot for your kids or your partner and then in turn whatever relationships that they forge, they sacrifice for them. And then so forth and so forth. It's just kind of like this fruitless cycle. And I think what's interesting about this, the book never outright says it is the, is the idea that it's not the acts themselves that are important. It's the people and the thought behind the actions that are important. Nailed and these it. Yep. And as robots who have to think logically about what is efficient and what is not, and what is important, like on a, on a mechanical level, this stuff just never really sticks. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think like, that's why it's important for Vic. Is it Vic? Vin? Vin. Yes. Excuse me. I think that's why it's important for Vin to be so obsessed with Shakespeare. Like, again, nothing is in this book on accident Uh, Vin's obsession with Shakespeare starts with The Merchant of Venice, which my wife and I uh, watched fairly recently uh, at the Shakespearean Festival in Cedar City, which is a great little, uh, it's not really little, it's probably one of the biggest theater uh, exhibitions in the state. And it's like, Merchant of Venice is problematic.
2: Mm -hmm. Like, it
0: actually is uncomfortable to watch. It's if you study it you know that it was kind of progressive for its time but woof it's not H1. it's very anti-semitic. Oh, it's very anti-semitic. The merchant of Venice is a Jew and he is the bad guy. But he also has this brilliant monologue and and Vin quotes it. He's he, or he, the teacher quotes it and Vin like it really makes an impression with him. It's the whole bit where Shylock uh, has like He just starts dressing down the people who are, like, criticizing him for being a Jew. And he's like, hath not a Jew eyes? If you prick us, do we not bleed? It's a very famous uh, set of lines. And the point that it is all going towards is, you know, we hurt just like a human does. And therefore, we are human, despite the fact that you deny us our humanity. And it's interesting that Vin reads all of that, and the question he asks his mom afterwards is, if you prick me, do I bleed? And it's not like a, a rhetorical question the way it is with Shylock. He doesn't know because he's not human. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the whole premise of this story is like these these androids kind of having to create a purpose for themselves because they were created without purpose, really, The Vision specifically created them just because he wanted to have a quote-unquote normal human existence, which is meaningless. And that lack of meaning is actually difficult for them to kind of get behind.
2: This is the antithesis to the Rick and Morty butter robot. (laughs) (laughs) Such a
1: sad, sad little guy. (laughs) Yeah. This made me think more about, like, just, like, the nature of like life and what is real and what is you know sentient life that kind of thing. Um, it reminded me of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Did you guys see that?
2: No, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I haven't
0: watched it. I uh, I uh, watched about four fifths of it, and then at the climax, I was like, you know what? I'm bored. All right, screw this. I what, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I'm watch it. Nope. Listen,
2: po- postpone the podcast. I'll be back in two hours. I'm just gonna go watch Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> no, everyone's dumb but
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, John, I really do want to hear your connection because even though I think I think the Blade Runner movies are boring, I think their themes are fascinating. You, you gotta
1: give it. Uh, I also think that the Blade, the first Blade Runner, is a little boring, but yeah, and it's it improves. The first blade Runner, that, that loses me. It improves with repeat viewings. And as a film nerd, as a sci-fi nerd, like you have to acknowledge its importance. The problem is seeing it out of it the time that it came out, you lose a bit of the awe for it because movies afterwards have done the thing better, or at least in a way that's you know easier 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 to access with you know your your modern take and you know when you've when you've seen it already. Now, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think, is like the good parts version, and it. it picks up where those issues left off and takes them even further. So the first movie is about like, you know, these replicants, these, these androids and, you know, if they're people, then in the next movie we follow around Ryan Gosling, who's a replicant, who's a replicant blade runner. He's a replicant hunting replicants. And he has a girlfriend who's like a digital assistant um, that he becomes more and more and more obsessed with and who seems to really love him but then it's the the question is always there like well what is real isn't this, is this really real it seems like she's real but is she really and then like we were it's left up in the air because i'm not going to ruin it for you it's an amazing amazing movie 2049 is really really good as as slow and kind of eh, as the first one was i think that this one it's one of the most beautifully shot movies I've ever seen and really hits these themes hard and does a great job of, of storytelling. Um, shame on you guys for not knowing what I'm talking about (laughs) when I wanted to bring up this point. Dang it. But looking at like Virginia's arc and like her struggling with these memories that have been put inside her and you, you can just like feel her frustration. I think it's, I I have no other experience with, with Tom King. And so I'm, I'm all I'm all in cuz this is this was excellent just you know f- feeling that that frustration with like like where do I fit what what is my purpose who am I am I real is any of this important like what where who do I have I? choice
2: <coughs> Jean Valjean <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things that really impresses me about this this comic is it's firing on all cylinders yes and almost mm-hmm. every panel there's nothing that really goes to waste. And I think one of the things that was really... I think it would have been a giveaway for you if you kind of already knew a little bit of who Agatha Harkness was. Hmm. But there's a lot of alluding to who provided the brainwaves for Virginia before they actually reveal it. Um, hmm. Because there's this whole thing with Agatha Harkness, and they, they explicitly tell you, you know, you know she's Agatha, Agatha Harkness, she was the switch. She knows this ritual, and then she, you know, then they show you her doing the ritual. And you see that, like, there's a few moments, or if I wanted to say, like, it freezes on it, but it doesn't because it's a comic book, so comic book is always frozen. But the, the way <laughs> the paneling is done here, uh, it feels like there are a few moments in the books when Virginia stops to look at the flowers, kind of hinting that there's that she knows something about them that maybe she doesn't know why she knows if that makes sense yeah um and i thought that was kind of interesting and and then uh, then obviously like it's it starts hinting really hard at you when when you start getting a lot of those flashbacks with vision and 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 scarlet witch and you're just like oh 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 To honestly though i thought he had stolen the brainwaves (laughs) um
0: Oh, interesting. Uh
2: that to me that kind of felt like the implication was that he had stolen them until it's revealed that they were they were gained uh more, they were gifted. They were gifted.
0: Yeah. Um that issue by the way, the the issue that kind of goes over the vision in the scarlet witch is marriage.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh issue 7. That's a that's a guest artist working on that one. Oh, was it? And yeah. Yeah, Michael Walsh was his name, and I wanted to call this out because the art is noticeably different. But I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: and still thematically works, I think.
0: And that was the thing. It kind of is like back when we were talking about Hawkeye, which was mostly David Aha, but occasionally you'd have someone else filling in.
1: Like Javier Polito, is that right?
0: Uh, yeah, Javier Polito, and there were a couple of other fill-in artists as well. But like whenever they had a fill-in artist, they used the same color scheme, and they were like employing other techniques to make it feel like it was still the same story. Right. And I felt that was very effective here as well as like in Hawkeye. So yeah, just wanted to call that out.
2: Actually, I did have a, actually I have a question. I don't know if anybody else knows the answer to this. What was the P versus NP? Oh, oh uh, no, no idea. Okay.
1: I, I was like, uh, the explanation at the beginning of that comic, I, I kind of missed because I was like, eh.
2: Oh, it's a computer problem. Yeah. The, it's, yeah like, so, I was going to so say, the, it's,
1: it's, it's logic.
2: So the P and, versus yeah. NP problem is a major unsolved problem in computer science. It asks whether every problem whose solution can be quickly verified can also be solved quickly.
0: Okay, yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it does explain it. And like, I followed it in the moment when I was reading it. And now it's like, nope. Yeah. Don't no, you, you? asked me to repeat that, and I got no clue. Yeah.
2: It must have. It must have gone over my head because I did not remember them explaining that.
0: They explained it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it made sense. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, but I always have to go back to a Monty Python bit about logic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it the witch? Is it the witches and the ducks?
1: It starts. So there's a, there's a, a record that goes along with uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and it's all about like. The professional logician comes on and gives a little um, bit about how his wife doesn't understand logic. Like, it's this whole it's this whole thing. For example, what does he say? The last scene was interesting from a point of view of a professional logician because it contained a number of logical falla- fallacies, that is, invalid propositional constructions and syllogistic forms of the type so often committed by my wife. All wood burns, states Sir Bedivere. Therefore, he concludes that all that burns is wood. This is, of course, pure bullcrap. Universal affirmatives can only be partially converted. All of Alma Cogan is dead, but only some of the class of dead people are Alma Cogan. Oh yes, one would think. However, my wife does not understand this necessary limitation of the conversation, of a proposi- conversion of a proposition. Consequently, she does not understand me. For example, how can a woman expect to appreciate a professor of logic if the simplest cloth-eared syllogism causes her to flounder? For example, given the premise, all of the fish live underwater, and all mackerel are fish, my wife will conclude that not that all mackerel live underwater, but that if she buys kippers it will not rain, or that trout live in trees, or even I don't love her anymore. This is what she calls using her intuition. I call it crap. It gets me very irritated because it is not logical. And then from there, I, ca- I can't really save the rest because we're trying to be a family-friendly podcast,
0: but that's real
1: funny, so check it out sometime. Um, yes,
2: talk about the
0: art. Oh,
1: the art's spectacular.
0: It's pretty good, yes. I, I would think
1: that the the vision um. Like I get why they did it, but like, on like a practical point, my my brain was like, why didn't you? Why didn't you give your family I, uh, pupils? Like, give yourself pupils and your family pupils? Because like, they're like, may we help you? The first like panel of the whole family in the first issue. It's like, yeah, you know, they're all like pupilless androids. Yeah.
2: I think that adds to like kind of the unsettling aspects of like the book. I think we've talked a lot about how the writing is really well done. Yeah, and I and I briefly touched on the paneling, and that's kind of why I was hung up on like the art. Not that I wasn't listening to you. Uh, quote, Mons no, no, Python, no, no. But... <laughs> Everyone tuned out. It's
1: fine. You can just skip that. And, yeah,
2: <laughs> but um, I was actually just really thinking about how good of a job the art was and the paneling and the, kind of the flow of the book. I mentioned earlier that not a there's, it really feels like not a whole lot of stuff is there. For the purpose of just being there, everything there has kind of a reason to be, and that's really well done. Contributes the to book, the storytelling. The yes. Yeah. This feels like a real collaborative effort. Not I'm that. always happy
1: to see that because I know how hard that is to achieve. Because, you know, the, of of the way comics are put together. You know, they're not, it's not like two guys are in an office anymore. Like you know, people live across the world from each other and they're corresponding. Yeah. I don't I don't know about this, you know, particular um, partnership, but it's always impressive when yeah.
2: you know. I mean, maybe the Rubens. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Do I smell him. a
1: sitcom.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the art was fantastic, and, and you know we mentioned you talked about the eyes, and there's especially when Virginia starts uh, kind of I guess I I don't want to say it like in a really derogatory way, but when she starts going off the rails, um, <laughs> her eyes start, you know, they don't have pupils and they don't really have a lot of other facial features yeah but the fact that her eyes just kind of stay like this white circle without necessarily like a realistic eye shape is really unsettling like she just stares out to nothing with her eyes like wide open
0: yeah it's uh it's it's heartbreaking stuff mhm you know what else breaks my heart in this book
2: what? Vic Mancha died? Victor... Victor Mancha, man. The man yep. of La Mancha. Like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he brings that up. He does. Yes. He's like a... He like it, a it. Quixote
0: fan. Yeah. Um, like, we talked about this, uh, not too long ago. Um, yeah, I, I mentioned in the book Infinite Crisis for DC Comics. Um, Superboy Prime punches the head off a random Teen Titans character, and I, that really frustrated me. Um... I mentioned this. I don't know if it, it is ringing a bell with you guys. But um, I, I kind of went on this this little rant about how it frustrates me when characters, heroes, nominally heroes, are kind of undermined and, uh, like, beaten down and, they, like, they die ignobly for the purpose of advancing another character's story arc. Like here with Vic Mancha? Exactly. It, it's, like, I... It's frustrating because, like, his whole... Story is, you know, I will not be the villain. I will not be the villain. I'm going to join the heroes. I'm going to be a good guy. My friends showed me a better way. And his defining moment in this story is killing Vin. Mm-hmm. And it's an accident. And it's an accident because he's he's hooked on these drugs. But it's still just like, man, yeah. you made him what he didn't want to be. And that sucks.
1: Well, then when he dies, he says, I will not be victorious. So he, there's a little bit of like, oh, thank goodness but he still is dying and it's and it's yeah looking at his whole arc from runaways I'm like no don't don't treat my boy Vic like that come on
0: yeah it hurt my feelings yeah. on sleep. now
1: I will tell yeah. you of course he's not dead they bring him back and he spends like I don't know a year in runaways as just a head like Chase... Yeah, Chase brings him back as a head, and then then it gets into like he he and Gert become an item, and that and Gert Gert's back from the dead. That bothers me, because Runaways for a while there was a team where everyone who was dead stayed dead, and I was like, all right, cool, they're actually following this. Nope, they. But at the same time, she was like the heart and soul of the team, and so I'm glad she's back. And but she's shouldn't be dating Vic. That seems weird, but they are, and so or I assume so. I'm, I have I'm a few issues behind. They're sitting on uh, my bedside table. Nick, yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah, it's uh it, it hurts and it's it it like and that's kind of where I, I mentioned to John before we started recording that I wasn't quite as high on this book this time around as I was the first time I read it. And I honestly think it Vic's death is is part of it. Cause it it just feels so I don't want to say it's cheap, because it's not. They work hard for it and they they do a bit of work to flesh him out and to give him real crises and real uh, issues to work on. But still... It's
1: it's a really big deal. And it's... It's a bummer. And it's just like yeah. a bump in the road of all the bad things that are happening. Right. For the Visions, so...
2: So I knew that he would later... I, I, I can't remember what why, but one day I went on a Runaways wiki binge... <laughs> um, and I remember, I remember reading something about, you know, Victor, uh, becoming a head and just kind of getting carried around. I don't know when that took place. Like if it was before this book or whatever, I actually was assume, when he was introduced in here, I thought it was before this book and I thought he had like recovered his body. So as a fan of like comics and animated medium, when he was introduced and he was a super cool guy that everybody loves, I knew he was going to die. and i didn't know that like he becomes a head later so when he died like that it hit me i was like oh oh victor
1: yeah and he's one of my favorite runaways, and so it was like, you can't, you can't do this to him. You don't understand, like, he's got things to do. He might become a bad guy, but really, like, he's going to be fighting against that his whole time. No, wait, you it it's cut short. But also, doesn't that make it more meaningful when they like, it's not just some random character from another series. This is someone who's important, and it's an awful thing that happens to him. So it makes it even worse than if it was just a random m- murder committed by Virginia. So, yeah. I yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that it, it breaks the book necessarily. No. It just makes me sad because of this character that I like, whose potential was, like, kind of cut short and derailed by this random addiction that was thrown in. Like, I honestly think the vibranium addiction bothers me more than the death. Yeah.
1: It it doesn't seem like it's in character for him either, because I don't think that's brought up in any other books, but I don't actually know that if that's true or not. I would be surprised if it's brought, if it's brought up anything else, yeah.
2: As somebody who had no real prior experience to 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 Victor, to me that felt totally fine. I actually thought it was really interesting. Um mm. I actually I I'm not going to say I have a weird obsession, but I have a I have an odd appreciation for sci-fi drugs <laughs> because I like the idea of like how how like a, how you would get that effect from Non like actual drug things. There's a book I read of uh, several years, I think it's been over a decade, called Feed that's about the future and like kids have these computers like in their heads. Um, and that's like how that's computers, like that's how they surf the internet, that's how they do stuff. It's all directly hooked into their head. And in the book, they explain that they don't, nobody really uses drugs anymore. Uh, they're highly legal, and because of the computers, it's much easier to track it. So, the way they do drugs is by going on like illegal black websites black like dark net websites and downloading viruses and that's what Whoa. that's what doing drugs is to them so like when like they brought purposely in vibranium wrecking
1: their brain wow
2: yeah so when they brought in vibranium and it's not like it's a drug right cuz it's not like altering his his thing it's it's more like i don't know it's more like a he's like he's abusing a prescription addiction. drug
1: yeah, yeah. He's it was something that was supposed to help him, and then he took it too far, and yeah. then he, he needed it rather than it was you know a quick fix. It was he held on to uh, his expired morphine pills a week too long or whatever, and got hooked. Or yeah.
2: yeah, so I thought I thought that was actually kind of interesting in how they how they did that, right? Because it's this thing that helps him control his his uh, like his powers or like his electrical currents, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So. So, in a sense, it's, like, not entirely bad, but the way he's using them is what's not good. Uh, Yeah. You know, like, prescription drugs. Uh, There you go. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I thought that was actually really interesting. Um, Now, I agree
0: 100% with everything that you're saying. Oh, boy. It's just, like, this kind of goes back to how we've been classifying this book all along. This is, like, kind of a sci-fi book. Yeah. Truth is, like, I mentioned, I don't like Blade Runner. I don't like science fiction. Oh. Like, the, the... overall like genre of science fiction the way that it's usually focused on these sort of deep philosophical questions about hypothetical futures and technologies and stuff i honestly don't like it as a result like i don't really love movies like uh blade runner what's the black well blade runner what's the what's the black hole one interstellar interstellar not a fan
1: i loved it i thought it was great
0: i haven't seen it yeah and so, like, I have to spend a lot of time really talking about it to, to get to the point where I like it. Like, I talked myself into liking Arrival.
1: Arrival was, Arrival I, was
2: terrific. Did you say you finally arrived at that verdict?
0: <laughs> I, I finally arrived at that verdict. Thank you for that Reached one, his although. destination. That was a good movie, though. <laughs> that
1: was really good. And less, less about sci-fi. I mean, I don't know. I think you say you don't like sci-fi. Is it that you don't like alternate future stories?
0: Honestly, sci-fi kind of... Bores me, and so it. For me, the the thing that helps me to get into science fiction is when I can talk about it a lot. And so it was actually talking to my former roommate about Arrival after watching it and saying, "Okay, this really bored me. This bothered me, but I liked this bit. Oh, and I liked this bit, and I liked this bit." And as I kept talking, it's like, "Oh, I'm writing a paper on Arrival during this conversation." And, yeah. and like, I really, I dig that, and I loved that, and so I, I. That's why I say. I talked myself into liking a rival, mm-hmm. um, and so it's not that necessarily I, I don't want to indulge in science fiction. It's more like science fiction has a real uphill battle with me. I see. I just think that there's probably things that there. you
1: like that you. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm wondering if it's a certain type of science fiction or if it's it really is all science fiction because. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff out it, there. That's...
0: It's definitely the more like heady cerebral science fiction. Okay. Like then just like, obviously Star Wars is nominally science fiction, depending it's, on who you yeah, was. but really a I, fantasy.
2: I think, I think Star Wars really helps to identify the problems with society, how we can look into ourselves <laughs> to really improve who we are as people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's oh, a gosh. movie about space. wizards there for children? Yay. Patrick Williams. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Still love it though. Oh That's yeah, real good. Rogue One gets better every time I watch it. Shut up. They're I, gonna make mm, it next time. No. Yeah. They're gonna get off scare if it's gonna be okay.
2: I, I all I want is a director's cut of Rogue One, and I might love it. For now, I just like it. <laughs> I mean, those last like five minutes of that movie, mm-hmm, capiche? Yeah. Chef hands. Chef hands.
1: Chef's hands. Yeah. Chef <laughs> hands. <laughs> Chef hands.
2: But yeah. Um. What else do we want to say about this book? There's a lot to say. I think. <laughs>
0: There's a lot to say. I'm not sure that we have the time to get into everything. No, I think though.
1: we need to put it on its proper ranking.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just want to say that, like, this book has layers. Like, my goodness, yeah. this book is, is amazing. Um, And I don't know, I think it's been it's been a little while since I had a book that, like, knocked me out of my shoes. Like, this was...
1: Was this the first time you ever read it?
2: Yeah, yes.
1: I own it somewhere, or at least the first trade of it. I just couldn't find it, so...
2: I'm, I'm, again, I'm a little sad I slept on it. I remember when it was coming out, the individual issues were getting some pretty good acclaim. Yeah. And I was just like, eh, but it's the vision. I don't really care about the vision. Boy, do I care about the vision now.
0: Frankly, I think it kind of helps that you don't care about the vision in this book. Because he's awful, and he does awful things. Yeah. And his family kind of does awful things. Except for, like, sweet, pure Viv.
2: And Vin. Vin? Oh, no, No wait, he almost kills a kid. Never mind.
0: Yeah, Vin almost kills a kid. Yeah.
2: Yeah, poor Viv. At least she made it out. Oh, okay. yeah, and she
0: winds up being on the champions. Like she joins the super team. I
1: was gonna on. ask. I was gonna ask if they follow it up at all. So yeah, that's cool. She's
0: still around. Um, Is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> Viv, I think we okay? have to put that book on our list to really confirm that. Also,
1: Avengers AI because I read a little bit, like the first two, three issues. They have a Doombot on there. They reprogrammed to be a good guy, and it was just
2: funny but yeah. Oh, oh apparently that she is great. gives herself a human form. Huh? Okay, man. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot I want to say, but uh, also not, I, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot I want to say, but there's not a lot. I can't say if that makes, I don't know how to I'm verbalize tired. my feelings. Yeah.
0: Like this book makes me tired, not in a bad way. It's just, there's so much in it. It's exhausting to get through. Yeah, And it's kind of, it's difficult to just like sort of free, like free associate it, you know?
2: Yeah. I just, Oh, man it's i i i just, I, I, just do, I do want to say one of my favorite things in this book not it's not my favorite because like i like it i i it's one of my favorite things probably because it makes me like a little sad and a little like shocked but it's when they're doing the flashbacks and visions all white and he has to explain to his children that even though he has his, his father's brain and the new body And his personality and his memories, he's not actually their father because he's a new being who doesn't have the emotions attached. And I was like, man, yeah, that's cold.
0: Yeah, yeah, Fission, you a jerk. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I like books about people or things who are not the thing and are trying to become the thing. Yeah. So
1: all Ben Grimm books, huh? (laughs) Ben Grimm books are pretty good. Oh, I'm not allowed to do it all, though, but you can't. Whatever. I,
2: Fine. I, 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 I had with you, like, in, in accordance. In approval. That's the word. <laughs> I actually was trying to think about,
1: like, I was like, okay, what? I was like, what other books could he be talking about? And then my brain went to the dumb Ben Grimm joke first. But would Ratatouille yeah. qualify? <laughs> he's not okay. the thing, but he's trying to Let's be... Let's rank
0: the, this. He's a rat chef. What? <laughs> We're ranking this book. It's the best, it's the best Pixar movie. So... Our list currently has 75 books on it. Very bottom of the list is The Evil That Men Do, but we're not going to pay attention to that because this is definitely somewhere near the top. Number one is currently No Normal, The Ms. Marvel Story by G. Willa Wilson and Adrian Alfona.
2: I want to point out that I, I, I compared this book to Hawkeye. Yep. I'm going to be hanging around that range.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, my first thought, because of how, like... The book that gives this reminds me the most of, other than Hawkeye, is actually Karnak. Interesting. But I think it's better than Karnak.
1: Yeah.
2: It also has a lot more room to explore because it's a longer thing. And, and self-contained, it, better yes. than... Because mm-hmm. Karnak,
1: you have to kind of know what's going on. This one lays it out
2: yeah, really clearly. This this one does a little bit more legwork in getting you up to speed on who... Because, I, like I said, I didn't really know or care for Vision... And coming out of this book, I love Vision. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot more about Vision than I did. Yeah. And not just
1: because not just because of Paul Bettany in the movies. and. Yeah. Brilliant I, moment where he hands Thor his hammer. Holy crap.
2: Yeah. Uh, as, yeah. As opposed to Karnak where I went in and out of the book on this amazing journey with him. But I still don't know anything about Karnak.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely better than Karnak. Here's my thought though. I don't know if I like it as much as My Life is a Weapon.
1: No.
2: No. I, I Because I that am... one is
1: fun. <laughs> and this is not, <laughs> Vision is not fun. It's That doesn't make it any worse as far as like a piece of, yeah. of writing. but
2: I think Vision is fun. It has a lot of fun moments.
0: It does, but it doesn't leave you with a shiny, happy feeling. No, you know?
2: it's the anti-Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It kind of is and because the Marvel movies have like these serious moments, and they have to like break th- break them with like a-, a joke. This movie has a joke, but then breaks it with like these serious, dreading yeah. moments, and yeah. it makes you linger in them like pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. I want to put yeah. this above the tape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to agree with you,
1: but I will. So I too don't... bad, Steven. It's democracy. Yeah, like, the thing is,
0: I don't think I can argue. Uh, as much as I love Infinity Gauntlet, I don't think Infinity Gauntlet is better than this. No,
2: I would I would one hundred times recommend this before Infinity Gauntlet. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> I would
1: put it between the tape and Infinity Gauntlet because the tape is just still a personal list. I love it so much.
2: Uh see, and I'm and I'm right above the tape because as much as I like the tape, that's a that's a quick ride.
1: Yeah, that's a super quick that's, ride. That's fair. It's what two issues?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. But there's something to be said for you know. Um the ability to cover a topic briefly, like brevity and storytelling, you know? Yeah. There's something to that.
2: Yes. But also you can't you, you can't explore what this book explores in two two issues.
0: <laughs> no, you can't. Agreed. Hundred percent. I think for um,
2: and I think for me a lot of the a lot of why I'm like really leaning to this like right above the tape. Um it's because as I, I know you don't like sci-fi, but Boy do I love the stuff they explore in like yeah. sci-fi. Um, yeah. a lot of those philosophical questions with a with a beautiful like shiny cover of robots punching each other in the face. Like, I'm all about that. Sign me up. And they have like <laughs> vibranium. Hey, you drugs. should watch
1: you should watch <laughs> Blade Runner 2049, man.
2: Uh, I will eventually. I have it. I do. I bought the Blu-ray because I, I told myself if I don't have it, I'll never watch it. But now I have it, and well, I still haven't You'll be it.
1: happy. Watch it on the best TV you can. It's a gorgeous movie. Um, and I, I don't even know if you have to see the original. I think if you know the plot points of the original, it kind of helps you to, like, get what the world's all about, you know? But, like, as far as the story, it is its own story. Just kind of building off of the... I don't know. I mean, I'll watch, watch the, both. I'll watch, I'll watch the original.
2: I, I like Cyberpunk. Okay, cool. Then Also, yeah. I'm really excited for the game called Cyberpunk. It has Keanu Reeves in it.
1: I think then... Uh, yeah, I'll I'll concede and then it goes above the tape because I think this I mean it's 12 issues and it's
2: <sighs> the the literally the only thing keeping me from rating it any higher is Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a hard ceiling.
0: <laughs> I think frankly people are probably like anybody who who's really into marvel comics history and they come here and they're like oh if this be my destiny is number six on your list what's wrong with you we like it's low for i think a lot of people yeah but that book's legitimately really good
2: i i see that in a lot of top 10 lists that are not like spider-man top (laughs) tens and it's yeah
0: be
1: like sorry we're we're trying to be more woke on our podcast
2: Well,
0: no, it's not just... I don't know why I turned into like, Kermit the Frog there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, home. Kermit the Frog. I don't think this is just calculated, uh, you know, political correctness. I, I think that the emotional connection that we made, uh, and again, I think this is more me and Aldo, um, well, maybe more Aldo than anything else. Like, frankly, Aldo's talking about uh, Ms. Marvel is one of my favorite things we've ever done on the podcast. I
2: cried. Same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I cried. Yeah. It's real good. It's really good. Uh, so yeah. <laughs>
0: Vision is also good, and that puts it at what number? Number Seven. six? Seven? Seven. Seven. <sighs> Cracking the top ten. That's a very, very good showing. It's
2: been a while since we cracked, since anything's cracked the top ten. Huh. It's
0: been a while.
2: Should, should
0: I think the it's been
1: Oh, I remember thinking that was so cool. Fred Durst sings on that song. Ooh.
0: So that's it for this week's episode. For our next episode, uh, we, like, we've like we mentioned this before, we're recording a bunch of episodes ahead of the, the holiday season because we've got family parties and vacations and other things planned. Uh, so by the time... Like We are recording this right before Thanksgiving, or this ne- next episode we'll be recording right before Thanksgiving, but it's going up around the time Star Wars Episode Nine releases. And so, we're going to read some Star Wars stories.
2: Specifically, we're reading the same Star Wars story, told in different ways.
0: Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this. So, in honor of the end of the Skywalker saga, we're going back to the beginning. Oh. We're going... Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, technically Star Wars, the first movie that was ever made, has been adapted into comics form a couple of different times. And we're going to do, we're going to read a couple of stories that approach it from a slightly different angle. We're going to start with uh, the way that this is uh, documented in the app. It's called Star Wars A New Hope Manga Digital Edition. It's a manga version of the first Star Wars movie. This is how we're going to remind ourselves what Star Wars A New Hope is is like from, a, like, the plot, what the story is. And we're going to take that and then move on to Star Wars Infinity's A New Hope, which is basically a what-if story for A New Hope. I've not read either of these. I have seen images from the Star Wars manga, and it impresses me, so I'm excited to actually sit down and read it. We'll see how this goes.
1: Can I can I say something, Stephen?
0: You are always welcome to say something. Whether it makes it into the final cut is purely my discretion.
1: I was trying to—I freaking have the Star Wars app, and I'm trying to hit the Star Wars soundboard, <laughs> and I can't get it to like. I, I was like, they just have to shut up for a second so I can have Han Solo saying, "I got a bad feeling about this," and it kept it kept not working. <sighs> oh my god! No, I'm excited to see other takes on Star Wars because. I think that the thing that George Lucas didn't realize is that sometimes the thing you love and create can outgrow its original intention and become even better. And uh, maybe maybe seeing other adaptations of it will be an enlightening experience or maybe it'll make for a good podcast and having me go on a anger from inside out style rant about it for a while.
2: I'm just (laughs) interested to see Star Wars going home because it stole a lot from Japanese cinema. And then Manga steals it back. <laughs> the Manga steals it back. Chewy,
1: We're Home was another thing on the soundboard, and I can't friggin' get it to work.
2: Oh, <laughs> get that. I'll just go. <laughs> Chow my, one, of my son,
1: one of my sons was doing that, actually. He's He's been making little Wookie sounds lately. It's
2: the cutest thing ever. I love him so much. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. My favorite part of the book was when the kid died. Oh jeez! Please, please take that out. That was meant to be an "I don't like kids" joke, and if that went a little too dark, (laughs) that went too. I mean, it definitely
0: was an "I don't like kids" joke, but I don't think it was funny the way you wanted it to be. No, it
2: wasn't.